Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Well, today we're talking about the D word, divorce. Now, my guess is that your life has been impacted by divorce in one way or another. Perhaps your parents are divorced, someone you know is divorced, maybe you've been through a divorce, or maybe you want a divorce. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Well, no matter how divorce has impacted your life, I believe this conversation with Nikki Bruno can help you or someone you know. After going through a three-year high-conflict divorce of her own, Nikki developed a coaching program to help other women stage an epic comeback after being sidelined by divorce, domestic abuse, illness, or loss. As a single mom of two, Nikki holds a bachelor's degree in anthropology from Princeton University and a master's degree from the Harvard School of Education. Now, before we jump into this conversation, I want to ask you, have you had the opportunity to share the Inspiration Rising podcast with a friend or family member? Is there someone who this podcast might be able to inspire, help, or encourage on a weekly basis? We put out one to two episodes a week, and we would love for you to spread the word about what we're doing at Inspiration Rising. Just tell your friend or family member to open up a podcast app and search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe, and they'll have access to all of our previous 90-plus episodes and the episodes to come. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Nikki Bruno. Well, Nikki, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I really appreciate it. It's my honor. I'm I'm really excited, David. Thank you so much for having me. I know you talk a lot about making a comeback, but in order to have a comeback, there's got to be a setback. And we've all had setbacks in life, of course. But um, today we're talking about relationships and divorce. And so if you wouldn't mind, maybe just take a few minutes and share with us about your own relationship journey for marriage and divorce and kind of how that got you into this whole coaching and conversation. Absolutely. And and I love what you said, David, about an, a, an epic comeback. In order for an epic comeback to happen, sort of the prerequisite to that is you have to have gone through a place where you're going through really, really rough stuff. Um, and And I did. And my short version of my story is that I, I had a fantastic childhood. I grew up, I was an overachiever. Um, I went through Princeton and Harvard and the narrative that I told myself about my life was that I was going to meet the man of my dreams and marry him and have children and live happily ever after, which is a very familiar narrative, I'm sure, to those of you yes, listening. Yes. And that, for the most part, was what happened. I got married in 2006 to the man of my dreams. We had uh, an incredible life together. We had three Ivy League degrees between us. We traveled a lot for the first five years of our marriage. And even after we had our first, our son, and then our daughter, we continued to travel the world, went to Japan, went to Europe, all over the place. And both my husband and I owned our own business businesses. We were entrepreneurs. And so we led a lifestyle that most people considered to be non-traditional, very exciting, sort of, sort of jet-setting life. And 
We lived in Boston throughout our marriage and had a wonderful network of friends, lots of mutual friends. And we had a fun social life and traveled up to New Hampshire, lots of hiking. And I want this marriage. What the heck? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, anybody sort of from the outside would have said, these guys have it all. And for a long time, we did. And Starting at around year seven of our marriage, um, more conflict started to happen. And by year nine, I was in a place where I found myself to be miserable in my marriage. And it's best at this point of the story to speak for myself and to say that our dynamic and our relationship had become unhealthy for me. It had become toxic for me. And there were multiple points of disagreement. There was a lot of tension. And there was a much higher level of conflict than I was certainly okay with and comfortable with. And mm. when that conflict began to happen in front of our children and, and really, for me, impact the kind of experience, domestic experience that our kids were having, that was really it for me. Mm. And so... Uh, my husband and I separated, and we went through a three-year-long process of separation and divorce that was high conflict in the sense that I was pro-divorce, and my husband was completely against it. And so, in and addition why to- Why was that, that? Why was he against it? Why was he against the divorce? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't completely speak for him, but he did not he did not want to have a divorce. He and for many reasons neither did I. He didn't want that to happen to our family. He did mm-hmm. not want that to happen to our children, and neither did I. And I imagine that I'll touch on this later, but divorce was the last kind of experience that I that I wrote into the narrative of my life. Sure, of course. So we we disagreed and and he wanted to continue to work at it he wanted our marriage to work out and um and i was done i was i was finished so mm-hmm. we were not we were not on the same page so challenging so many and so many people i mean your story not to say that it's not unique cuz everybody's story is unique obviously but um just so painful Right, just so painful because it's not what you had hoped. It's even though you were done, it's not like you go. I wish you know. I'm glad things turned out this way. Of course not. Nobody goes into that thinking that. No, nobody goes into that thinking that. Yeah. And and yet and yet divorce happens, and people do grow in different directions. People, um, I liken marriage to. It, it can be sort of similar to starting a new job or to starting college or starting at a new school. Or, or moving to a new community, you only know so much when you're getting into it and you're not, you can never be completely certain how it's going to go. And so I think when it comes to marriage, there are some aspects of marriage that, uh, that have to do with compatibility and have to do with luck to some extent, and that also have to do with really working at the relationship. But some of it really just is you aren't completely sure what you're getting into and also people can change over time. Mm-hmm. And that was heartbreaking 
to me. And I know it was, you know, um, speaking for myself and also extremely difficult and extremely challenging for my now former husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly with a divorce when, where you're not on the same page about getting divorced in the first place. And then right. on top of that, there may be issues of conflict about how the divorce is going to go down and custody issues and financial issues and all of the other, um, all of the other aspects of, 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 separating a family, mm-hmm. um, there are additional types of conflict that can come up. Of course, of course. So how did you get into coaching people through this divorce process? How did that come? You know, obviously at some point it's like, hey, it'd be great to help people through this because I've been through this. Like, how did that come for you know up for you? Yeah. Well, I learned about coaching and decided to make a career change and become a professional coach just at around the time that that our marriage was falling apart, actually. And my intention in becoming a professional coach had nothing to do with divorce and nothing to do with being a life coach. I went to coaching school with the intention and plan of being an executive and leadership coach and working with leaders who, who feel isolated in their roles and want to create a culture of collaboration in their organizations. And what happened was when I, I was toward the end of coaching school and I had launched, just launched my new coaching business. And that was when sort of the proverbial stuff hit the fan in in my personal life and things started to fall apart. And what I did was to, I did not have the financial or energetic bandwidth at that time to, to get a new business in a new industry off the ground. I had been an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur since 2007. And for about about 10 years, I had run a successful editorial services business. I was in the publishing industry. So I did know what it I knew what it took to start a new business. And therefore I knew that I didn't have the bandwidth, the energetic bandwidth or the financial bandwidth. So I tabled my new business, went through the divorce process. And as I was coming out of it, and after I had taken maybe a year to really, to really heal, to kind of put the basic puzzle pieces of my life back together, making sure that my kids and I had a, you know, had a new, a new place. I was the one who moved out and getting my feet back on the ground. After that time, I, I, I reached this turning point where I was ready to stage my own epic comeback, where I was ready to start working out again, to, to hire my own business coach and life coach, to, to get my mojo back. And that is when I, I got the idea of becoming a, a life coach instead of a, an executive and leadership coach. And by the way, there aren't that many differences because whether when you're a coach, you're dealing with all aspects of a person's life, whether you're helping them with their communication skills or with their intimate relationships. Um, but there are mul- multiple different types of niches within the field of coaching. And due to the very hellish and difficult experience I had gone through, I became really passionate and driven to open a business where I would be helping women go through a similar process. There are so many statistics about how women and children in particular are the 
are impacted negatively in very big ways by the divorce process. I, I recently saw a statistic that 60% of Americans who live under the poverty line are divorced women and their children. Mm-hmm. And so my passion for doing this work was very, very much part of my own comeback, my own reclaiming my relationship with myself, reclaiming my relationship with my, with my career, my, my work, um, and, and more. And since I made that decision over a year ago to do this work, I have been more driven and more motivated and filled with more joy at the work that I do, which doesn't feel like work, than I ever have been in my life to this point. That is so awesome. That is so great. That feels good. That's good. Um, You talked about um, this epic comeback, right? And you talked about reclaiming yourself, I believe is the way that you put it. Now, uh, I have, my wife and I, 12 years ago, I filed for divorce. And uh, I was in a really bad place. I was burned out and I wanted to start fresh in life. Made some really poor choices. And um, we ended up six months later reconciling. We've been married now almost 26 years. Um, But uh, it was the most brutal, 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 brutal experience of my life. And... um, you know, I just, I just want people who are listening, either those who are going through a divorce, who have gone through a divorce, or those who have friends. You either, you either have gone through a divorce or separation, or you know somebody who's gone through a divorce. I mean, it's like you. It, when I was growing up, Nikki, I didn't know anybody's parents who were divorced. Yeah, I just so crazy. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, I'm a little older. I'm 46, uh, so 30 plus years ago, I grew up in Kentucky. I knew nobody who was divorced. I mean, if that, that was like, whoa. Now, of course, not to say that divorce wasn't prevalent then, but it's very prevalent now. Challenges that we go through. You say reclaiming yourself. I want those individuals who are in need of reclaiming themselves or have friends that are in need of reclaiming themselves. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, in the same way that you said, in order for there to be a comeback, there has to be a a low, there has to be a period of utter pain and to some extent trauma. In order to reclaim something that implies that we've lost it. And what I have discovered about myself, and by the way, I'm 43, I'm not that much younger than you are. What I've discovered about myself is that my greatest fear in life is to lose touch with myself. I call it my sacred relationship with myself. I've always had a a really strong and important relationship with myself that involves loving myself, respecting myself, um, making sure that I have what I need in order to flourish. It's about also having trust in myself and sort of compassion for myself when I mess up and um, and, and a strong sense of identity. And when you go through a divorce, and in particular, when you go through a high conflict divorce, where you've got enormous sources of disagreement and tension with the person you have probably been most intimate with in your entire life, had children with this person, shared the good, the bad, and the ugly of who you are, 
it tears at the fabric of your own impression of yourself. You are questioning. There's almost, at least in my case, nothing that I wasn't questioning myself about. I was questioning uh, whether I was a good parent. I was questioning whether I was capable of being a good partner, a good wife. I was questioning my judgment. I was questioning my ability to make decisions because many of the decisions that I was making were being intensely questioned and criticized and attacked by by my husband at the time. And also potentially uh, and actually by some of the other people in my life who didn't really know the story or who were who were questioning, who were wondering, what the heck has happened here, Nikki? What's going on with you? What's going on with your family? And so I was losing that sense of myself as being a good person, being an effective person, being competent in my work. I mean, really, there wasn't anything that 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 wasn't coming that wasn't coming under kind of my own personal microscope. And I've I've always been my own kind of um, harshest critic. In addition to having that that sacred relationship with myself, so that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about for my program and w- with my clients. The work that we do is a process of reclamation. And there are three different areas or what I call pillars of the epic comeback framework. And the first one is reclaiming your relationship with yourself so that you trust yourself again, so that you're able to follow your intuition, so that you believe that you are a worthy and good person on this planet. This sense of losing, you said, really the fabric of your being being torn apart and questioning all of these different aspects of life. You would say, would you say that 100% of people that go through the divorce experience that or the majority? You know, it's that's something that's really hard to to kind of pull your clients, on. Your clients. My clients, absolutely, because my clients are attracted to the framework that I've created for them. And so my clients are coming to me saying things like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know who I am now. What does it mean for me to be a divorcee? What does it mean for me to go from spending every single day with my children to spending only only half of, of my children's time with them? What does it mean now that I have worked inside the home to be forced all of a sudden to work outside the home. How in the world am I going to make ends meet? Um, So I would say, yes, I don't think, again, this isn't a statistical scientific answer, but I think it would be near about impossible to come through a high conflict divorce without, without questioning who in the world you are Mm -hmm. in your identity, your very identity. Sure. That makes sense. So you talked about three pillars of this epic program, epic program. It is an epic program. You bet. Epic comeback program uh, that you've developed. And the first one is reclaiming yourself. Okay. So you've talked us through that a little bit. Is there anything you want to add to that pillar? No, I think we're good on that pillar. Okay. So you help women reclaim themselves, reclaiming their identity, reclaiming themselves as being worthy, as being lovable and loving. Um, That all makes powerful sense. What's the second pillar that you're talking about? So the second pillar is about reclaiming your body. It's about reclaiming your relationship with your body. And there are a lot of health problems, mental health, 
medical health, physical health, just in general health problems that are closely associated with trauma and closely associated with going through a high conflict situation, including divorce. And I could, I could name them right off from depression to anxiety, to insomnia, to low self-esteem kinds of things that I was talking about before with reclaiming yourself to uh, autoimmune disorder disorders, um, dramatic weight loss, dramatic weight gain, diabetes, all different kinds of mental and physical problems that that people that people go through when they are in such a high level of stress and conflict, chronic fatigue, um, all sorts of of conditions, and so. The second pillar is about reclaiming your relationship with your own body. So that includes not only not only seeing your doctor and making sure that you're getting physicals, but also, and almost more important, getting into really good physical shape, paying attention to your nutrition, paying attention to your energy level. If I could, if I could state any shortcut to getting your mojo back and feeling attractive and feeling sexy and feeling worthy and feeling getting back into kind of reclaiming your power in the wake of a high conflict divorce, any kind of divorce, the shortcut would be get yourself into the best physical shape of your life. And that was the beginning of my epic comeback. In addition to making a decision to start my new business, I looked in the mirror. This was the turning point for my comeback. I looked in the mirror and I said, Nikki, this isn't funny anymore. I had gained 30 pounds over my happy weight and I had spent three years not working out, which wasn't normal for me, and eating comfort food, basically not having a particularly healthy diet, which also wasn't normal for me. And I was compassionate with myself about having a period in my life where that was going on and where I was taking care of surviving. I mean, basically I was in survival mode, Mm -hmm. but once I got to the other side of crisis mode, I looked in the mirror and I said, this isn't funny anymore. And this is going to change. And I contacted a fitness coach who was my friend in elementary school from way back in the day. And I said, Molly, sock it to me. And she gave me a fitness program. She gave me a nutrition program. I followed those programs to the letter for, nine straight months. I got into the best shape of my life. And what happened to me physically and emotionally was very dramatic and very fast. Within Literally within three days of starting to work out again, my body was saying, thank you. Thank you for doing this again. (laughs) Thank you so much. We really needed this. I stopped taking naps. I became a lot more engaged with playing with my children, a lot more energetic in the way we were spending our day. And my energy level went from probably about a three out of 10 to an eight or nine out of 10. And I have been flying high ever since. You seem like a very intense person. Like, I don't <laughs> like, like, I just am like, you are like a kick ass and take names kind of person. Like, I just feel that. And yet I'm wondering <laughs> during this process, did that get like beaten down? You know what I mean? Or did you become more intense, more volatile? you know, during this high conflict or did you just feel like, oh my gosh, this is just the worst. And you regained that intensity. And when I say intensity, I love intensity. I'm a very intense person, but it means that, you know, you've got a confidence. You, you know who you are, you know what you're all about. How did that, 
did, did that shift as well as you were began to work out and and eat in a different way? Yes, that shifted too. I think the best way. Yes, I'm an intense person, and I've always had I've always had mojo. I've always had chutzpah. And if you had met me in the darkest days of the divorce process, you still would have been able to sense that. I mean, it's it's not as if it's not as if our, you know, our personalities are completely erased when we go through trauma. I was definitely depressed and anxious through a lot of that period, but I, I, I still had the light inside me. It was a matter of it being a lot dimmer. It was a matter of me. Um, I, was, I was pretty darn high functioning for most of that time. And so it was a matter of my light being in dimmer, and it was also a matter of me not experiencing internally the kind of joy, and joy is absolutely the right word for it, that I normally would on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I can tell you for a period of about two and a half to three years, when I did experience joy, it was almost invariably involved with, with parenting, with being with my young children. Hmm. And I thought you were going to say alcohol for a minute, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol and parenting together. It was a great combination. That's hilarious. No, I didn't turn to alcohol. I'm glad to say. Um, but I, I can't really say I'd get all judgmental about somebody who did because it's just, it's just, it's so, it's just so hard, but, right. um, but yeah, my light was a lot dimmer and people who know me well were, uh, you know, were, would agree. And and we're saying things like that. Like I, Nikki, I want you to be feeling, I want you to be feeling joy again. And I got there. And part of what helped me get there absolutely was, um, was paying attention to my health and, and physical fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. and all of the tides, all of the ships started kind of rising on that tide. Um, and, and what also has to be mentioned about reclaiming your body is reclaiming your sensuality and your sexuality, reclaiming, reclaiming yourself as a sexual being. Because I don't know about the rest of y'all out there who've gone through a divorce, who have been married, especially married for a long time when things are tense and things are not going well. You can go years of, of completely losing touch with yourself as a sexual being. You're not having any good love in and so part of what I'm doing with my clients is it's not just about nutrition. It's not just about fitness. It's not just about going to get your physicals. It's also about reclaiming your sexuality and your sensuality and, um, and regaining that, um, that, that knowledge that you are an attractive and beautiful human. And it's not always a process of regaining. It may be a process of discovery in the first place. And, and exploring parts of yourself that you never really have kind of gotten to know really well. Ignorant question. I mean, this is so ignorant. How do you do that? Like, how do, how do you help individuals, right? I mean, I'm stepping on a, out here on a possible landmine. But like, what is this? Like, what is this? What does this look like? What are we talking about here, Nikki? Okay. We're talking about getting like some, like, you know, Victoria's Secret lingerie and taking some <laughs> boudoir pictures and putting them up in our house. Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about experimentation. We're talking about having sex with or without a partner. We're talking about pleasuring yourself. We're talking about getting back out onto the dating scene, ultimately in a safe way. We're talking about doing research. We're talking about 
engaging in types of, I'm not a big fan of the word self-care, but that's what people understand it to be these days, um, engaging in going and getting massages, increasing the amount of times in your day-to-day life where you're engaging in human touch. So it's not just about sex. It's not just about intercourse. It's also about, and that's one of the reasons why exercise is so important because, because the chemicals that get released when we exercise are the same kinds of chemicals that get released when we're having sex. They're the kinds of chemicals that tell, that, that tell you, I'm a sexual being. I feel good in my own body. So we're talking about, th- this, is, this is where I refer some of my clients to reinvention stylists, to personal stylists. Go get your hair done. Pay some attention to your appearance. Take some baths. So it's not just sexual experimentation and exploration. Sensual. It's sensual exper- mm-hmm. experimentation. And it's also research. Read some books. If, if there are fantasies, let's say sexual or sensual fantasies that you've had or that you'd be open to having, do some reading. There are some incredible books about sexuality and incredible books about exploring your sexuality and getting in touch with who you are as a sexual being who is worthy of having sensual pleasure. Mm, and that's a big part. I, wanna, I want you to hone in on that. Worthy of having sensual pleasure. How would I not feel worthy of that? Why would I not feel worthy of that? If you've grown up the way that, to be really honest, most girls <laughs> grow up not being encouraged to explore their own bodies, being discouraged from exploring their own bodies, and being discouraged from being sexually active, and being discouraged from learning about how to create and bring about sexual and sensual pleasure. Americans relative to many other cultures in the world are rather prude and rather frigid to mm-hmm. be to be general, to make a generalization. And I, st- I, I, my degree, my bachelor's degree is in cultural anthropology. And I've studied a lot of different cultures. And I also have been to 60 countries myself traveling and spending time on, among people of different cultures. You're not saying you've had sex in 60 countries. You're saying you've traveled there. I'm just, just want to clarify for everybody. Okay. Just want to make sure. Unfortunately, no, that'd be a pretty amazing thing to claim, but Whoa. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, our attitude. Our attitudes towards sex are cultural in addition to being psychological and social. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I would like to, I invite the women in my program and I invite any women who I talk to, to open their minds and open their hearts and open their intuition to exploring themselves sexually. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's move on to pillar number three. Uh, (laughs) So we've got, I'm reclaiming myself. I'm reclaiming my body. And what, what else do I need to reclaim if I'm coming from a setback to an epic comeback? Pillar number three, can you guess, David? What do you think? Well, I already know because I've looked at your materials, but it's community. That's right. Yeah. So the third pro, the third pillar is community. Um, and this, by the way, this framework that I'm talking about, the Epic Comeback Framework, this is the what that I do with my clients. There's another whole framework that is the how of how we actually do this. It's called the Epic Comeback Journey. And we won't have time to go over that one. But what I'm saying is th- this is the, this is the, this is, part one of, of my curriculum. 
And I totally geek out on this stuff because I, I have a master's in education and I'm all about creating curriculum and, and, and creating a framework that we can really grab onto. So it's about reclaiming your community. Going through a high conflict divorce, inevitably, inevitably, I, I spoke before about tearing at the fabric of, of yourself, of your very relationship with yourself. High conflict divorce is also something that impacts your relationships. Of course, obviously not only with your spouse, but also with your children, if you have children, with other members of your family, members of your spouse's family, with your friends, especially if you have a lot of mutual friends, and with your larger community, potentially even um, your colleagues at work. Divorce is something that impacts that because it puts people who know you in this awkward position where they, they're kind of like, how, how do I relate to you now? Am I supposed to pick you? Am I supposed to pick your spouse? How do I handle this? People don't necessarily know how to talk to you anymore because you're going through something that they don't relate to or there's something that's very awkward to talk about. And it's almost inevitable that you're going to lose some friends. Mm -hmm. And so pillar number three is about creating a vision for how you want to feel when you're surrounded by your loved ones. How do you want to feel in community with other people? Do you want to feel very peaceful and quiet and held and loved? Do you want to feel like you're being stimulated and challenged and pushed? Do you want to feel like you're having a blast and you're having fun and you're laughing a lot? So how do you want to be in community with other people? So I establish a vision, my clients establish a vision. And, and then we talk about, well, who are the people in your life who make you feel that way? Mm -hmm. Deepen your relationships with them, spend more time with them, hang out with them. And if there are people who make you feel, you know, who make you feel or who, who create an atmosphere where you are not happy or you're feeling tense or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling judged, let those relationships go, create, create some new distance where there wasn't any, or you may have to completely end the relationship. And it's really about curating a, a VIP crew of people who surround you on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis, who are going to help you feel supported and loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And that is not easy. That is a, I mean, I'm almost going to say that the first two are a cakewalk compared to that last one. Maybe I'm, I don't know. It just, you know what I mean? Like the older you get, the harder relationships are to develop. And now you're in transition. Obviously you've got more time, but it's like, uh, you know, it is a, it, it does seem like an opportunity in the midst of those relationships to be playful with how I see myself or how I feel about my own body. You know what I mean? Those community atmospheres become almost like a, like a, like an experimentation lab, it seems like, with me feeling differently when I'm around those different people. I don't know. Am I making that up? I don't think you're making it up. I think that different people, I know that different people respond to this framework in different ways. So for example, when I look at this framework, I say, you know what? I can do the community part and I can do the body part. It's the self part that's it's the self part that's the hardest that requires <laughs> taking that look in the mirror. And there are other people who are going to say, oh my gosh, I, I'm feeling great about my community, my friends, my family, and I'm feeling really good about myself, but oh, this part about my health and my body, I am in, I am in, I'm in danger. Yeah. My health is in the toilet and this is going to be really hard for me. So 
I'm drowning um, in potato chips. I'm drowning in potato chips. I'm drowning in fatigue. I'm falling asleep. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. binge watching Netflix and binge eating pizza and I can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically everybody's going to have a, a unique area that they're challenged with. All three are super challenging. Um, but um, if you were to be, uh, you are speaking to people who are going through a divorce, going through a separation, and what would you want the the best case scenario for them? The the ultimate result that you want for somebody, whether they're working with you or not, what do you want for them in their life as they're coming out the other side of this? I want my clients. I want anybody who's coming out of a high conflict divorce, but I'm going to talk about my clients because they're, they are my people. I believe in them 3000%. And what I want for them is what they're telling me that they want for themselves, which is they want freedom. They want freedom. They want to be and feel like they are in charge of, they, of their lives. Like they are the main event of their own lives. They're throwing a party and everybody else wants to come. And other people are saying, I want what she's having. I want them to feel joy just about every single day from something. It doesn't matter what. I want my clients to feel joy. I want them to be making epic moves in their lives, whether that means starting a new business, whether that means creating a vision and a plan for finding a partner who is the partner that they know will be an incredible match for them. I want them to be taking strides, whether it be in their career, their romantic life, whether they start volunteer work, whether they start some kind of new project that they've always wanted to start, they learn a new instrument. I want my clients to be the architects of their own life. And I want them to be using their superpowers. I'm really big on superpowers. So my greatest superpower is that I can spend 20 minutes with somebody. And within that 20 minutes of having a powerful conversation with them where I'm asking them open-ended questions and I'm doing this magic of synthesizing what they're saying about what brings them joy, about moments when they felt very powerful. And I can intuit very quickly what makes a person I'm with astoundingly, amazingly awesome. And I want my clients to know what their superpowers are, to know what they're naturally amazing at and what brings them joy. Because if it doesn't bring you joy, it's in my book, it's not a superpower. And I want my clients to be in that pocket, to be in, in that zone of genius as much of their day as humanly possible because that is how they're going to serve themselves, their families, and the universe best. So good. So good. Yeah. And that's holistic, what you're talking about. That's not just about like getting through a divorce. That's about a whole life epic comeback transformation. So powerful. It's not about divorce. That's the thing. So the easiest, fastest way to describe what I do is that I'm a post-divorce life coach in that I get what you went through. I get where you are. I get that you're now co-parenting or parallel parenting or, or whatever relationship you have with your former spouse. I get what you've been through and I know it's really hard, but I also know that the crisis and the trauma are opportunities. They open you up 
And there are treasures and gifts to be found in that. And anyone who tells you that divorce is all bad, all bad news, all utter hell, and all utter trauma hasn't really been there. They haven't mined the gold, like you just said. They haven't found the treasure in it. There is a treasure, whether you initiated the divorce or whether your spouse initiated the the divorce. There is a treasure in all different types of trauma. And I'm Mm -hmm. not just talking about divorce here. And the Epic Comeback Framework that I've created is based on me geeking out and studying comebacks, epic comebacks of all kinds, from athletic comebacks to professional to business to personal to spiritual comebacks. People who were at the absolute low and became that phoenix that rose from the ashes. And and I will tell you, I have a, a podcast called the Epic Comeback Podcast. And all of my guests, I've interviewed now about 95 women. Every single one of them went through some kind of traumatic situation, including divorce, cancer, life-threatening Lyme disease, bankruptcy, all different types of traumatic experiences. And almost every single one of my guests came out on the other side of that experience and turned around and extended a hand because they want to help people who are coming through right now what they got to the other side of. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. And so the number of people who go through one or two or three or more types of trauma and who come out stronger and find a way to harness that warrior energy and to do good in the world, that kind of miracle happens every single day. And so what I am helping my clients do is I'm helping them get over it. I'm helping them move on from it. I don't want my clients to be defining themselves by the divorce that they went through. I don't want them to define their children as being children of divorce. I want them to move the heck on and detach from that sort of descriptor as being part of their identity. I want them to be themselves. All right. CoachNikkiBruno.com. Of course, we'll put CoachNikkiBruno.com in the show notes. People can swipe up now on their phone and find that link. Of course, they can go to our website, InspoRising.com, and find all the links as well as to your podcast. And I do want to point out that you are offering four free videos on reclaiming your life after divorce. It's a free video series where you go a bit more in depth into these three pillars of the Epic Comeback Framework. And they can go to your website, coachnickybruno.com in order to get those. They'll, it'll pop up, the magic of the pop-up. Everybody loves those pop-ups. And I've got pop-ups on my website. Pop-up, here you go. This is what I really want you to see. Nikki, you're doing good things in the world. Oh my gosh, you're like raising two amazing kids. You're helping people. It's a gold mine everywhere. Thank you so much, David. This has been an awesome conversation and I love your podcast. I love what you do. So thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nikki today. Well, no matter how divorce has touched your life, may you sense the presence of the divine who deeply loves you. And may your heart be healed where it's been broken. And may you be courageous enough to love and experience love once again.